Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We are still on, still, we're going to be on lockdown for a while. So it's we're just, be a while. yeah, we're, we're pumping out episodes for you guys to give you something to uh, listen to while you're sitting around, lying around your bed or sitting on your couch or in your tub or whatever it is you guys freaking do. Or based on the last few people we've talked to out running, it seems that you and I are incredibly lazy because the rest of the therapists here are being productive and they're doing plank challenges and push-up challenges and hip mobility challenges and they're going for runs and we've been sitting on our butt for like five hours Uh, podcasting. (laughs) They're all liars. Oh, no. Well, hey, everyone, it's Amanda and I don't think you're all liars. I think some of you really are taking this time to work on your health and fitness. I'm I'm just not with you. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I will leave this quarantine super fit. Maybe not. After Uh, I learn how to make a Big Mac myself. Oh, my God. Um, Anyway, we have Dylan Craig on the phone with us, and she is a registered massage therapist and registered kinesiologist as well from Ottawa. And uh, we reached out to her a while back, uh, or Mark did, because she had been published in Massage Therapy Today. And as well... she was the member spotlight. I was getting there. He never lets me finish the intro, Dylan. I, like, Mm. never... And she was featured with the uh, RMTAO because uh, she does some cool things. And when I read your spotlight, that's the first time I realized that you've actually only been a therapist for like five minutes and you're already doing all this cool stuff. So I love that. Are you still in (laughs) pull-ups? No, but you've only been registered, what, uh, a year? Uh, Not even a year. I got registered back in August. Not even a year. But I mean, obviously, because you're a registered kinesiologist as well, you've been working in this field for some time, yeah? Yeah, exactly. It's about five years now. Okay, well, why don't we do this? Why don't I throw it over to you? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? How are you enjoying your downtime right now? Uh, The first week was nice because I got to clean everything. And now this second week, I have no idea what day of the week it is. Yeah, I'm in that Um, same limbo. I have no fucking clue. It seems like we're following the same pattern. I spent the first few days being at home cleaning everything. I have the cleanest place in the world. I'm lying. The kids have destroyed it. It's full of toys, but it's clean, very clean. You can lick the floors, I promise. I and now yeah. I don't know what day it is. I deep cleaned the kitchen today and that was fun. <laughs> Sounds fun. Are yeah. you practicing or working in any way? Are you working with any clients virtually at all during this time? No, after my clinic had to shut down, we shut down two weeks ago. I did reach out to some of my clients and just let them know that I'm here if you need me and I'll send any videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they know I'm around. They know I can help them virtually. I've sent out a few YouTube videos on how to self-release some shoulder stuff. But other than that, it's been pretty quiet on that front. Okay. Well, let's go to the beginning then. For everybody listening, can you introduce yourself? Well, we already know how long you've been practicing, but <laughs> a little background about your your education, your career as a kinesiologist, and why the transition to massage last year. Yeah. So I did my undergrad at the University of Guelph, uh, human kinetics, obviously. And I chose that university because they did have that human anatomy lab that you could do in undergrad, which is pretty rare. Um, so I did human kinetics and they really pushed you into becoming either a registered kin or going and doing your master's. So I just have an affinity for school. I love school. So I decided to move to Ottawa and I did my master's at Ottawa U in human kinetics and having to do with older adults and exercise. And then while doing my master's, I realized that there's a lot of waiting that had to go on 
waiting for my supervisor to basically give the go ahead on all my research and mm. I was getting bored. So I thought, why not become a registered kin? <laughs> so I spent. <laughs> That's super smart, by the way. Like, why not? Yeah. You, you have the education. So why not work while you're playing the waiting game? Exactly. So I spent about six months studying for that exam, became an ARKIN in 2015. And then from there, I got to work at a multidisciplinary clinic. And I worked there for three years and as well as doing my master's at the same time. So that was a very fun time in my life. What type of clients were you seeing at the multidisciplinary clinic? What was your, your typical caseload like? They were mainly um, older adults, like middle-aged to older adults, a lot of shoulders, a lot of osteoarthritis, knee replacements, all the sort of stuff that I really enjoy massaging now. So it works out pretty well. Okay. And I saw yeah. in your spotlight that I read from the RMTAO that you your advice to upcoming registered massage therapists is to be open-minded because you always thought you'd want to work with sports, sports injuries and athletes. And now yeah. here you are working with older adults and uh, predominantly osteoarthritis, which is completely opposite from what you thought yeah. you'd be doing. Yeah, exactly. I really was like in my mindset, of course, I'm going to go work on a sports team. I'm going to work with the senators, like <laughs> these huge, <laughs> huge, big dreams. And then it's just like, I would work with some athletes and it just, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't, I didn't feel like myself when I was treating them. Whereas if I was treating someone with hip osteoarthritis, I was just having a great time just chatting along with them, trying to get them moving. It, I just felt more comfortable. So I just really don't want those new RMTs to go in with such a narrow mind that they aren't happy with what they're doing and then change their career so quickly. When you were this is work as a kin, right? Yeah. But even now as yeah. a so, massage therapist, she focuses on this. Right, right, right. But now as an mm -hmm. RMT, would you still want to have those opportunities like would you still feel kind of like mm, this isn't me like as a kin it might not yeah. have felt like you but do you think it might be you as a massage therapist I don't think it would be no mm. I just I still feel more comfortable with the older adults and anything arthritis wise why do you think that is do you think it's because you have the experience and now you've really like fallen in love with this niche or like do you feel that it's maybe giving you a greater sense of purpose because I know that I actually love working with seniors mm -hmm. because I feel like they really need the help and I, I giggled a little bit when you said, and I love chatting along with them because every one of my senior clients, I think part of why they love to come see me, I mean, you can tell if you've ever listened to the podcast, I never shut up and they will start yeah. talking to me and we'll have a whole conversation. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And we'll have a whole yeah. conversation while they're in treatment, but they love that aspect of it because that's just part of the therapy for them. Like, yeah, I'm working on their yeah. hip or their shoulder or their knee or whatever, but they want to talk to me. Exactly. I, I just love the conversations they have because sometimes they say the most ridiculous things like what like what tell, <laughs> tell me the last ridiculous thing that was said and how old were they it's just so i know when i get to whatever age what ridiculous things i can say you're gonna laugh get away she's with like it. it was this 45 year old man <laughs> I know. unbelievable no 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 they're at least like 65 see so okay so what can i what can i say in in 20 years from now and still get away with it so one of my clients we always we always joke around and like you remember when tim hortons came out with those really weird sausage croissants I have no idea what they were oh it, it looked almost like a like a pig in a blanket kind of thing is that it, what you're talking about yeah 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 okay yeah and like the conversation <laughs> just like came up 
to came up about those weird things and we were just making jokes about that. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous conversation I've had all day that we're having an hour long conversation about this new Tim Hortons do menu. Want, do you want to know why I'm laughing? There's a scene <laughs> in Role Models where Jane Lynch. <laughs> Have you seen this? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you about? pointing to me? Of course, yes, I've, I've watched you. it with you. Can you explain the scene? Because it's just, I don't, I don't want to I do don't it. quite I don't remember do the scene, but yeah, she where basically she's... had a pig in a blanket or a pogo or something where basically there was a hot dog or some other phallic shaped meat and she was like poking it in and out of the bun, like, oh, see what I did there? Uh huh, see that? And anyway. That's all I picture that you and your 65 year old client were doing for yeah. an hour. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, it, like, is that it? Is it that you've just built such a connection with these seniors, or do you feel like you know this is something that you're really, really good? At? Like, is I guess what I'm trying to decipher: is it the people, the connection, or yeah. is it the type of injuries you're working with that you're like, yeah, this is my niche. I'm so good at this, or is maybe a combination of both? I think it's the connection. It's like it is a combination of both, but the connection does it for me. Like, I just love treating them. They light up my life. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Do you ever have any like transference situations that happen with that age of population where they're projecting mm, onto you? No. No way. In school, it was like set boundaries. And I'm very good at setting these boundaries. Like I am your massage therapist. We can joke, but I am treating you kind mm -hmm. of thing. I'm I'm impressed. I mean, I guess, again, because you had experience before, but I will say when I was early yeah. in my career, very young, some of my first clients and some of my best clients were seniors. Um, I'd say mm -hmm. a very large percentage of the people I used to treat when I first started out were um, retired very active seniors, like majority of them, mm -hmm. you know, they, they traveled a lot, they were golfers, they would play squash, they play tennis. So it was a lot of injuries in older adults, but active older mm -hmm. adults. And there was a couple that I really did feel like they would talk to me as if I were their daughter, like they would try to give me yeah. life advice. And yeah. it, it definitely got a little awkward. So I had to, yeah. again, kind of try to set the boundary that yeah, I might be young enough to be your daughter or granddaughter or whatever you're, you're thinking about about me right now but I'm also a professional and we're working exactly. on some real things here and yeah you know this is not the time for you to be telling me how to live my life I'm going to tell you how to fix your knee thank you sir exactly. what kind of what kind of life yeah. lessons were you getting just out of curiosity oh man to try I, I can't think of something off the top of my head watch I will at like some point to, in the episode how, to, how but... to take care of your kids and shit like that this was pre-kids this is what I first started out as a therapist like to have kids I <laughs> would get I would get financial advice or I would get mm. them you know they would start oh. out sentences with like well when I was your age or you know well you're just young so you don't know and you know things like that and I mean they, they mean yeah. well they're not trying to be disrespectful mm -hmm. but again if we're talking about setting boundaries and knowing that I'm the professional and I'm the one that's going to be helping you through these treatments then maybe don't talk to me like I'm your kid mm -hmm. right yeah I yeah. found it very like so when I was starting as a kid it was a different story because I was in my young 20s then yeah and so then it's like I, I learned my lesson as a kid to not like let these older adults kind of treat me as their grandchildren yeah exactly <laughs> I also I started my in my 20s so yeah I get is it is that a conversation yeah. that has to happen because I've never had this happen to me I've never had you know someone uh, have this massive transference onto me and so is yeah. this a is this a conversation that you have to be like hey like we need to talk here or how does this work there is one when I was leaving my clinic when I started massage school one of my clients actually found me on Facebook and sent me a huge long message about how 
he, how much he misses me and how he wants to see me outside of the clinic and all that. And I had to like lay it out for him that I am a health care professional. I'm not allowed to meet clients outside of the clinic. If you want to come into the clinic and work with me, that's, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. But that was an awkward time. That sounds awkward. I feel awkward just hearing about yeah. it. You know, I yeah. had a client find me on Facebook one time, and this was super awkward because my name at the clinic that I was at, so at the time I was working at three different clinics. So the place that I was treating this particular client, um, well, I mean, all of my places of practice, I, I used the name that I'm registered with the CMTO, obviously, mm-hmm. but in the time that I was working there, I had gotten married. So my name on all my social media was my married name, which was separate from my practice name. And Mm -hmm. so this client found me on Facebook. And this wasn't a client that like we'd have conversations while while I was treating him like it was usually silent treatment. So it's not that I would have ever told him my last name. Um, My married name is not a common or easy last name. So anyway, yeah, thank you. (laughs) And um, he didn't have my personal phone number like this was well before I worked on my own. So the only phone number he would have had was the clinics. So to this day, because he never answered me. And I mean, shortly after I left that clinic, so I stopped treating him, but he found me on Facebook and sent me a friend request and I didn't accept Mm -hmm. it. And I sent him a very polite message and just said, mm-hmm. you know, this is my personal account. I don't, um, I don't add clients to my personal account. Um, you know, hope that this isn't offensive to you, but you know, this is, this yeah. is sort of outside of business and I, I won't be accepting the friend request. And he wrote back a nice message like, yeah, no problem. He's like, I noticed we have a mutual friend. And I was like, oh, and then I said to him, like, is that how you found me? Because I was really, really confused. How would you find me? I don't have the same name. You don't have my phone number. And when I said, is that how you found me? Radio silence. And I never heard from him again. So, yeah, I have no idea like how he. But anyway, so, yeah, sometimes you just got to lay down the boundaries. But no, I never had to say to any of my elderly clients that, you know, would sort of give me life advice. I never had to have a conversation with them. Mm. I just had to change the way that I. I responded with them and interacted with them in treatment. Like I had exactly. to sort of up my author- authority. Is that the proper yeah. terminology here? Yeah. I just had to show them like, you know, this is this is a business relationship here. And, you know, as much as I know you're not trying to be offensive, like, you know, don't tell me how to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They mean well, Mark. They mean well. I don't know. Maybe. They do. I believe you. I believe you. So you went back to school to become a massage therapist. Yeah. Probably said this already. How long were you working as a kin before you made that decision? Uh, three years. Three years. And then years. you were working with people already in the same population and working with the yeah. same type of injuries. I assumed majority of what you were doing was probably exercise therapy, right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so you decided to do massage therapy so you could incorporate some manual work? Yeah, exactly. I just... I. I wanted to do more for the clients other than just exercise. Like exercise is great. It does so many things, but massage does a lot as well. And if I could combine the two, then my clients were going to be fit. So why, why do you choose massage therapy over say something like (laughs) physio? Because like you're in a different situation than a lot of massage therapists who don't have an undergrad degree. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. going to physio is a whole other story, right? You have, options here with physiotherapy, chiropractic, yeah. massage therapy. Like so why massage therapy? Why was that your choice? Um so actually after my first year working at the clinic, I did apply for physio school, spent oh, like 500 or more dollars on the application, didn't get in. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. <laughs> I'll work another year mm-hmm. and just 
the clinic I was at was predominantly physio and it's just, it was a physio clinic where it's like, let's see as many clients as right, possible. Right. And I wasn't down for that. Yeah. It's not your mode that's of work. Not, yeah. Whereas I'm seeing the massage therapist that's working there and she gets to spend this one hour block one-on-one with a client. And I'm thinking this is more down my alley. So what did you think of massage school then after um, everything else that you've done education wise? Be honest, please. <laughs> <laughs> I found it easy. You could say that. You're allowed to say Don't that. Don't feel shame in saying that. Yeah. No, it was easy. Um, I found I did have to kind of like, I enjoy learning on my own. So I would go to class, but I learn mainly on my own. Like I'm going to organize my notes the way I need to organize them. Right. I'm not I'm like, it's, I was a mature student technically when I went back to school anyway. So mm-hmm. I knew what my study habits were. So it yeah. made it really easy. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, I went back to massage school after being out of kin for five years, but working yeah. in the field. And mm-hmm. you know what? I went to school and I'm not going to lie. I slept through most of it. Literally, I slept through most yeah. of it. <laughs> Head down, <laughs> full on snore. The, oh man, the, the time we had to learn Remax in school, <laughs> a lot... <laughs> That was the worst time for me because I was just like, this you is do my this job right sleep. now. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that. You're probably sitting in a class with maybe an RMT who's teaching you Remex. You're like, I can do this better than you. I should actually be teaching exactly. this Exactly. No. Right he, the teacher would ask me to teach yeah. some of yeah. it. And I'm like, can I get paid? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I, get a I actually had a similar experience. I mean, I, act- I didn't mind doing redoing stuff and going over it again. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a lot of it was review for me. Um, I also have a degree yeah. in kinesiology, but I never right. actually became a registered kinesiologist. Um, I went straight from university. This was before kinesiology was regulated. And I went straight from university back into personal training for a little while and then eventually mm-hmm. to massage school. And uh, when we were in our Remex portion of the class and even in the kin portion, um, the instructor every so often would look up at me and be like, right, right. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And yeah. uh, I actually kind of enjoyed it because he wasn't arrogant at all. Like he was very humble and he was like, well, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I'm teaching you the way I learned it, but you've yeah. got the experience, you've got the background. And I remember in my, I think my first Remex oral practical exam. Um, one of the exercises that I got on on my STEM, I just did the exercise the way I knew how to do the exercise. And after yeah. all of the students had gone through their oral practical, he came to me and he's like, that was really, that was really good. Like that was really creative of you. That was really, that was like, I, I never saw it done that way before. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess my yeah. experience, my previous experience has paid off because Remex to me always just felt like common sense. And even still to this exactly. day, I have to remind myself sometimes that not everybody understands, you know, like when I have a client who says to me, like, um, this was a good one. The other day, a client said to me, oh, I've got this pain in in my hamstring. He's like, but I'm not even sure if it's the hamstring or if it's actually the muscle. I'm like, I don't, I, what? what? But to other Isn't that people- that crazy though that people don't know? They don't. And to other people- it's, you know, why would they know? But to people yeah, like us who all we've ever done is study the body and study anatomy. Yeah. And like, why don't you know what your hamstring is? But I mm-hmm. guess- why would you have to? I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. So Remax in class is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so once you uh, went through massage school, which was super easy for you, um, mm-hmm. did you do your licensing exams right away? By the sounds of it, you don't like waiting. So I assume yeah, I that happened quick. Yeah, I do not like waiting. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I did it right away. Yeah. I did uh, the written. No, I did the 
the OSCE first in June and then the written in July. Okay. And then I was good to go by August. How would you compare the two? I didn't have to write the kin exam because I'm I'm an old dude and I got grandfathered in, so I yeah. didn't have to do. I didn't have to sit for that written exam. How would you compare the two in terms of difficulty? That I'm curious um, about. So, fun fact: I actually helped write the new kin exam nice. that's coming up this summer. And the kin exam is harder than the MCQ. Mm, okay. That's what I would have thought, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Which makes yeah. a lot of Which sense. because to be a, Yeah. To be a registered kin, you've got to go through a four-year university degree. It's definitely much more academic than massage yeah. college. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And I'm happy to hear that it's more difficult. How did you yeah. How did you end up with the, with the role of assisting to write the exam? That was my follow-up question. Uh, okay. You want to ask it? Go there ahead. Was a... <laughs> It's okay, Dylan. You go. We're honestly, okay. we've been podcasting all day. We're a little delusional because you're last, the last one of the day. So I'm sorry if we're just being ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> you're probably going stir crazy at this point. A little bit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. how did you get to be <laughs> one of the writers of the exam? <laughs> the Kin College sent out an email asking for writers. So I okay. applied. Okay. And then I got in. Yeah, it's very simple. It's it's that simple. Well, okay, then let's talk about why we originally reached out to you as well, because you were yeah. published in Massage Therapy Today, and yeah. your article was about exercise in seniors, which now I see has mm-hmm. been sort of your niche from day one. Um, yeah. What Did somebody ask you, did somebody reach out to you to write an article? Did you just decide, I'm going to write this? And how did that come about? Um, again, on the Friday files at the bottom, they have like a little calling any writers mm-hmm. for our, our uh, magazine. And I saw that the topic was older adults. And I was like, hello. <laughs> hello. This is meant for me. <laughs> They might as well have just said, Dylan, where are you? We need an article. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. And I'm thinking I'm probably the only one that really reads these Friday files. So I have a good shot of <laughs> writing an article <laughs> for this magazine. To be read only by you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, re- I read the Friday file every Sunday morning. <laughs> every Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah. Like- Do you read it on the toilet? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I had to ask. Don't a lot of people do their reading on the toilet these I- days? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. These days. These days. I don't know. It's a weird question. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna take my mouth away from the microphone now. Bye. Uh, so okay, when you saw the the call to write an article, and obviously yeah. this is your area of expertise. So mm-hmm. give us in short what was what was your article? What was the topic? Give us a little bit of uh, education right now. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote my article on the importance of exercise for older adults. One of the most important reasons why older adults should be exercising is because it prevents falls. So my my fourth year project and my master's were also kind of revolving around older adults, fall prevention activities for daily living. Mm -hmm. And if they were weak, they aren't going to be able to do these activities of daily living, such as going to the grocery store, going out for a walk, doing a sit to stand. And... They just basically need to continue to be strong and they need to continue to be mobile and they need to continue working on their balance. So I just, in my article, really focused in on the fact that when we are recommending REMX for older adults, that we should really push them and try and get them to strengthen their muscles and work on their endurance because it's going to make them have a better life, essentially. Yeah. 
I am 100% with you. Do you find now that your massage clients, the seniors that you're working with in particular, do you find that when you prescribe Remex that the compliance is there or do you find they're coming back to you and saying like, I did the exercise you gave me one time? For the most part, they're pretty good. The ones that do come back, they will straight up tell me that they haven't done their Remex. So then next when they leave, I will send them an email with their list of exercises again. Mm-hmm. A lot of them come back and at the end of the session, they're like, okay, what are my new exercises? And sometimes I'm like, just keep doing what you're doing. Do you do exercise in in treatment with your clients? Like is, is the treatment mostly passive or do you have exercise as part of their treatment when they're with you as well? Um, my treatment is mostly passive. I will... If they want to do a lot of exercises, I check in on them and just be like, are you okay if we end ten your massage 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early, we'll go to the gym and we'll do some exercises. And most of the time, they will happily obliged by that. Mm-hmm. Are you great. working in a multidisciplinary place now? Like, do you have physios yeah. and other? Okay. So do you yeah. guys do a lot of cross referrals and do the physios yeah. have an issue with you exercising your own clients? Do they wish that Not you were? No, that's good. You no, guys are all no. on the same yeah. team. Oh yeah. And we all learn different exercises from each other. The One of the clinic owners is actually a personal trainer. So he usually gets us physios, chiros, personal trainers, kins all together and teaches us new exercises. So we're all on the same page with our clients. And yeah, it's, it's, we work fantastic together. It's amazing. That's awesome. So being an exercise person, being a registered kin, tell me what you think of the RMT crew, the whole bunch of RMTs that are super movement people or they want to be super movement people or they think they are or maybe they are what do i know no sheets no lotion it's not your typical massage therapy treatment it's all kind of exercise and movement stuff mm-hmm. give me your take on that i'm curious i don't or are you mind like it. leave it to the expert which is me you not me you well both maybe me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like i would need to be treated that way just to kind of see where they're coming from mm-hmm. if they feel very confident in what they're doing and and it's helping their clients then why not they can do what they want to do um yeah that's all i have to say about very, that. very diplomatic of <laughs> you yeah, that's, and that's, but i agree nice. i mean there's certain people that have done a lot of extra education and i think sure if that's I'm the way asking. that you want to shift your practice shift your practice yeah and i'm um, just asking because i feel like that group of people they've now discovered that movement is so important and exercise is so important. It's like they're, they're yeah. I've said this on the podcast before, it's like their discovery on everything. And now like, I'm, I'm like, dude, we've been doing this. Ken's been doing this forever. Like this ain't nothing yeah. new. You know what I mean? Movement is, is medicine. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. Well, I think maybe they're just trying to push RMTs in general to, to think that way more as well. And probably, especially since Kin became a regulated health profession, I think that maybe those movement therapists are trying to let RMTs know that, you know, what we do is is useful, is great, there's value in it, but let's not forget the other part of it, which is the movement. And it's, yeah. I guess, maybe just unfortunate that the Remex education in some schools, I won't say all, but the Remex education in some schools doesn't really cut it. So if you've only mm-hmm. received that as your, as your sort of education in terms of movement and exercise, 
you're probably not going to be equipped to give your clients yeah. much in terms of movement other than the passive therapy. Oh, I'm just exactly. asking. And I'm only asking because I had a dude on the podcast before. He is a doctor of chiropractic. He is a registered physiotherapist. He's a registered massage therapist and he's a registered acupuncturist. He, he does everything, right? He's a one-man show. <laughs> and I asked him, like, why did you go do all this stuff, especially when there's a massive overlap in scope of practice? Like, as a physio, mm-hmm. you can take exactly. courses yeah. and be raw to do manipulations like you don't have to be a chiro to do manipulation so why go that route do you know what I mean or as a physiotherapist you know you can do soft tissue manipulation like a massage therapist so why and he's like because I Mm -hmm. really feel like there are certain defining roles here and even though there are overlapping scopes of practice I don't want to mix them Mm -hmm. and I thought that was really interesting yeah that is interesting and but I I see where he's coming from as well because I know myself although I have a background in kinesiology and although I have a background in personal training um, I've even had certain clients that I feel need a, a little extra when it comes to movement therapy and I will tell them my business partner is a registered kinesiologist maybe I need to book you in to see him what. Mark is going to do with them. I could probably do, but I just feel like because Mark's got all the experience there and he's really focused majority of his career yeah. on movement, whereas I've focused more majority of my career on the massage side. If it's somebody who really needs the exercise therapy, I'm going to refer to him. I'm, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to take on everything myself. I will. I, I'm happy to stay in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> But for you two, you guys can you you guys can literally do it all other than adjustments, really. Like you guys are both yeah. kins and massage therapists. What can't you do? That's a good question. Pretty nice. The answer is we could do everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I am the weakest link here. <laughs> so can I ask you a question completely well not completely unrelated, because just because I'm curious. Sure. RMT are your member spotlight. How does that happen? How do they choose you for that? And then tell me what um, the, what their interview is like with you. Is it like in person or is it like, no. we're going to send you these questions, give us the answers, and then we'll see what yeah. happens. I'm really, really curious since we do this yeah. type of interview sort of conversation thing. So, yeah. So they uh, after I sent in my first article for this magazine, um, they really enjoyed it. And then they reached out again and they asked me to write another article for the spring magazine that's coming out. So I did. And then... Um, her name's Laura. She reached out to me again and she's like, Hey, want to be our member spotlight for March? (laughs) I thought, sure. I guess not a lot of people email them all the time. Like I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I liked your response when they asked why you wanted to become a member of the RMTAO. And Mm -hmm. I I, I won't say it. You can tell me why did you choose to become a member of the RMTAO? Just to be part of, I forget what I put to be honest, but well, you started to say it was, it was to be part of a community and have resources and a place to go when you need advice or information. And I liked that response because I thought a, a lot of, a lot of massage therapists, there's a large majority that are not members of the association and that's yeah. fine. But um, when we we spoke to the RMTAO on the podcast and- but is it fine? Well, exactly. Is it fine? I mean, to each their own. But mm-hmm. I, I think that even people who are members, I don't know if everybody takes advantage of being exactly. a member of the association. And, you know, for example, this, this afternoon, Mark and I had an ethical dilemma, to be honest with you. I won't get into all the details, but we weren't really mm-hmm. sure what to do. And Mark thought- Well, well we were sure we what should, to do, but part of just, an ethical decision-making yeah. model is consultation. That's right. just part of what 
you would do. So we decided, okay, mm-hmm. maybe we will contact the RMTAO and see what their take is on it. Unfortunately, because everyone's on lockdown, that includes them and their offices yeah. are closed. So we got to talk to nobody. Oh. So the RMTAO, let me ask you this, yeah. and you don't have to if you don't want to answer, yeah. but I kind of hope you do. What do you like about what they do? What do you don't like about what they do? Because when Amanda said, yeah, they don't have tons of members, what do they have? Maybe less than half of the population of RMT is just thought it under was, I half, thought it was just, or over, just over a third. Like, I, I don't they, think... They, they don't have... The, I mean, what do we have? 15,000 RMTs and they yeah. maybe have 6,800 6, right. RMTs. That's that, it? That, something like that. That's it. Or at least yeah. that's the last so time when yeah, we spoke to Andrew. And that includes student members. Right. And this is the yeah. catch-22 with that, right? People don't want to join the RMTAO because they can't see the value in it. And the RMTAO can't do a lot of things to display value because the funding mm-hmm. isn't there because the membership is low. So yeah. if you had the magic wand that you can wave and make the RMTAO look a certain way, what would it look like? That's a good question. Um, I would want them to be more out there. Like you've, you've seen what's been going on in the, the Facebook page. How long did it take them to kind of put a stop to all the bickering that's mm-hmm. been going on? Yeah. <laughs> like that would have been nice if they stepped up a little sooner to that. Um, you have to sign in to see the benefits, I, I believe. So just make the benefits more kind of available. I do like that gym membership is half off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a big, honestly, that was a big thing for me. I'd rather spend $500 to good life than $1,000 or whatever the membership is. Yeah, to the that's gym. a perk. Yep. Yeah. And that I can get the insurance there in one spot instead of like for my kin insurance, I had to go find a, a kin liability person. It was so long ago now that I'm going to just stick with them. But it's just easy to have that insurance in one spot. And they have the research articles on the RMTAO. I think they I got believe. rid of that, actually. They, they, they used... did get rid of it? I think I remember, so. I remember they were talking about getting rid of it. And I was hoping they wouldn't get rid of it. And that, see, I would bring that back. But again, that that means they need funding for it, which they guess they don't have. Right. See, there's the big catch-22. But I, I do totally understand what you're saying. For them just to be what feels to be more vocal and more present, that alone yeah. Maybe they need to start in the schools because I know when I was in school, you know, the CMTO came up all the time in class. The RTAO yeah. didn't come up other than a poster that was hanging in the back of our classroom. Maybe if they were more involved in schools and maybe if massage instructors themselves explain to students who the RMTAO are why they no. exist, they, what they do. Yeah. They need to be more active online. That's One what they my, need uh, to do. They, it's not this. This shouldn't be like a weekly Friday file. Which, the, no. the, I mean, the email, the email blast sucks. Your spotlight was fabulous. <laughs> the email itself sucks. Right? Let's be it's, honest. It's not pretty. It's, I it's don't like nothing is at it. nothing's appealing about it. The information on it isn't isn't great yeah, anyway. Bland. They they need to be a lot more active online. There should be multiple yeah. tweets coming off of their off of exactly. the Twitter per day. That's true. And you know what? Multiple on, per to piggyback day. on that, Mark and I were reading a, a post that was on the RMTAO, which was a lot of bickering, as you said. And on yeah. the page were, or the group? On in the group. Okay. Um or maybe it was on the, I can't remember now, but either way, we were reading something and there was a ton of people specifically asking the RMTAO, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about this? What's going on? And they didn't respond to anyone. And when did they post, they posted like yesterday or the day before. I have no idea again, what day of the week it is. And I was surprised. I was like, oh, they actually spoke up about what's going on about time mm-hmm. about the conduct on the page yeah yeah, in their group. yeah. or even still like the the the, the, the facebook page the business page yeah. 
Like yeah, they, it's not they, good. <laughs> no, it's not. Like for example, they posted. It was it was in really poor taste, and that's I've what I'm talking about. That post the, the cor- where people were saying, you know, like why are you okay, not so, offering this for free? So, yeah, and they weren't responding if, to anyone. If, you, if you're un- if you haven't seen the Facebook page, and I don't blame you because there's really not much going on. They yeah. were they were pretty much trying to sell an online course and so they're like they yeah. have this six series webinar yeah. Don Deering's yeah, yeah. fucking business webinar or whatever it yeah. is and uh, yeah and they're saying they were like oh for the, you can get all six for the price of five and there's probably yeah. like 30 something people if not more commenting like this is poor taste this is a bad idea like we got no money for this stuff blah 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 you lost me as soon as you tried to make a deal and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff I, think I saw just that little... I was like oh I was thinking it's going to be free I'm like perfect why not i have time and i'm like oh but not even a response to any of those people that was what i had a bigger problem with i mean not that i don't agree with everybody who says this is in poor taste because none of us have any money right now and none of us are working right now (laughs) but it was majorly the fact that you're not even responding like as a continuing education provider trust me we're getting tons of emails and messages and whatever (laughs) because people want to know what's going on with their course i'm doing my best i'm not going to we've already ranted about this but i'm doing my very best to get back to everyone and let them know, uh, you know, in a nice way that I don't know, you know, like Mm -hmm. we will absolutely make sure that everybody gets taken care of. Either you'll get transferred to another date, you'll get a credit for something else. Ultimately, if you can't make any of the the dates when we're back up and running, we'll issue refunds like just right now. I'm not doing anything. You know, we've halted business activity and I don't mm-hmm. have answers for you, which is understandable in this time, right? No, yeah, but no one has answers right Every now. single person who has sent me an email or or who's commented on social media or sent a DM, every single person I've responded to. So that was yeah. my bigger issue is that all these people are, you know, putting you on blast right now, at least a response. Even if the response yeah. was, if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. Because really, exactly. that's that's just it, right? If you don't want to <laughs> buy my stuff, don't buy my stuff. I but feel like that's they said nothing. Really? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Respond. Say something. Yeah, very easy. You have nothing to do right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I totally get it. Them being more vocal, I think, would, would be yeah. a huge benefit. And I think it would be a draw for a lot of people that are not part of the association because that way they can at least see that there there is activity. There are people like, you know, mm-hmm. my concerns can be answered in an online yeah. space. Yeah. Show some personality on your social media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Show that it's not just a bot putting up these posts for you. Exactly. Make it entertaining. Well, let's talk a little bit, a bit more about you, Dylan, because, I mean, we could okay. we could bitch about the current state of affairs and the <laughs> RMTAO all we want, but I really yeah. want this to be a little bit more of a positive piece on you because, like I said, okay. I was impressed at the fact that you've only been a therapist since August of 2019, and yep. you've already now written two articles for Massage Therapy Today, and the RMTAO has already featured you in a spotlight. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you seem to be already really deep into this career. And I've got to say, yeah. a lot of people, when they're new as a therapist, that's not what they're doing. They're just trying to figure out who they want to be, and it seems like you've got a lot of that figured out. So mm-hmm. I guess my question to you would be then, where do you plan to take this career? What are your, what are the big dreams? What are the long-term goals for you right now? My big dream right now is to become a teacher for this program. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like in massage college, you want to teach? Yeah. yeah. Do you have particular subjects you want to teach? Don't say Remex. It's um, going to be Remex, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
I wouldn't mind teaching massage theory or the massage lab. I know I've already talked to some of the teachers and I have to work for two years as an RMT before I can be a clinic supervisor. So one more year to go and then I'm going to apply for that. But I've already been in the school. I helped out another student this semester. So I've been keeping in touch with all the the teachers at Algonquin and making my name pop up all the time. Do you think that you would, you would still practice while teaching or would you just dive? Yeah. Okay. I think that, I think that most people who uh, go into teaching realize, well, one, I mean, just for financial reasons, you're going to probably want to keep practicing, but you miss it really quickly. Like when I was, when I was doing, um, well, I mean, Mark was really doing a lot of teaching for a while and hardly any practicing. Mm -hmm. And eventually he got to a point where he was like, I just missed treating and then went crazy and started working a million nights a week treating. There's a bit when I was doing kind of both. Um, kind of 50-50 and then I went mm-hmm. full gangbusters with teaching for a while and I kind of halted my practice to like really minimal and then I just got I don't know I just got n- the need to get my hands back on then I yeah. went kind of 50-50 and then I was just like fuck it I'm out with the teaching altogether <laughs> after eight years <laughs> yeah, you know eight years is a long time and at least in this yeah, field is- there's a lot of diversity there's so many things freaking things you can do yeah. it doesn't have to be I mean you're be. still kind of teaching too well we are oh, still yeah. teaching but yeah. I mean so. you know teaching at a at a school yeah. is, a, is a different ball game than when you're teaching yeah. for yourself so yeah continuing education is a whole new thing do you think you yeah. would ever want to get into our realm and develop and teach continuing education I haven't actually considered that until just now when you oh, said that. I think you'd be but good at that's, this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking more along the fact that you developed a niche so quickly and yeah. so early in your career that, you know, who knows, maybe one day you could yeah. be running a course on massage therapy for seniors. Yeah. I love it. That's I what I'll do next week on my, my time off. I'll make my business model. <laughs> we're going right. to message her tomorrow. She'll be like, yeah, course is done. Course is done. <laughs> yeah, it's done. Next. <laughs> Is All there done. anything else that we want to talk to Dylan about? I don't know. She's just cool, man. I can just have like a, just a conversation about nothing all day long here. This is cool. I'm just, I'm not an overachiever. I just want you guys to know that. You're being sarcastic, right? Because everything yeah. about oh, you 100%. sounds like an overachiever. <laughs> 100%. Like, man, I'm so tired. I can't even pick up on sarcasm right now. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a day. Oh boy. Well, what are you going to do for the rest of your of your lockdown now that you've cleaned everything? What do you got planned? Um, well, I already did the the push-up challenge. So How many did you do? I did 10. I'm not crazy. Yeah, did 10 push-ups. Uh every day I post a workout video for my followers so that they know I am working out. Oh, that's nice and motivating. Yeah. That's good. Exactly. It gives me something to do. It's like, oh, it's 11 o'clock, time to post. I'm going to go on lots of walks, run, play uh, Animal Crossing. Play what? Animal Crossing. You're going to have to help. We're really old. I have no idea what you're talking about. It is a She's just like, okay, old people. Okay. Okay. I'll explain. Um, (laughs) It's a video game on Nintendo Switch. It just came out and basically you live on a deserted island. Super, super close to reality right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's giving me something oh, like a reason to wake up in the morning to play that game right now so <laughs> nice nice i dig yeah. it totally dig and it. i've been baking i made bagels last night so i'm probably gonna make more bagels in the coming weeks oh i need to learn how to make bagels that's a good yeah idea. you do i absolutely yeah. do okay you can you can email me uh the instructions on how to make bagels later no that's don't good. don't email the instructions make a video ah yeah. Make a video okay. of your of your bagel making. Yeah, I'll okay. watch your video and then I will make bagels because that yeah. is absolutely something I would do. I've <laughs> I've been baking with the kids a little bit, but I don't <laughs> bake, so like we made 
banana bread. And then yep. we made banana muffins. <laughs> like, I don't know how to make anything. <laughs> okay, you have to make chocolate chip cookies next. Okay, chocolate chip cookies I can do. So fine. But go. I need to learn how to make bagels. So I'll leave yeah. that to you. You make me a video and I will do it. Sounds good. All next right. Week. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> hanging out and talking with us. And no problem. I, I want this to be inspiring to new RMTs that, you mm-hmm. know, I... I love the confidence you have. And again, I know that you're not new to the industry so much, but you've already done so much in such a short period of time and you're really involved in the profession. And I think that you will be super successful in this and eventually teaching and teaching continuing education. And then maybe our paths will cross again if I'm not too old. (laughs) I dig it. I totally dig it. That's awesome. All right. right. Thanks, Dylan. You enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Right on. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace.